Hey guys, it is co-host Doug here once again with a few quick pre-show announcements before today's episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. First of all, I just want to say thanks once again to everyone who has reviewed the podcast in iTunes since the last show. Today's shout-outs for five-star ratings go out to Nathan OCR, Aaron and Braintree, and Tony Fitzpratt. Thanks, guys, and if you want us to give you a shout-out on an upcoming show, just head on over to the iTunes store, search for No Meat Athlete Radio, and let us know what you think in the reviews. And don't forget that Matt and I will now start answering listener questions live on the podcast. The first is coming up in this very episode, which I have to say we're both pretty darn excited about. If you have a question you want us to tackle, call 951-NO-MEAT-1. That's 951-666-3281, and we'll pick one or two questions each week to answer in an upcoming episode. Or if email is more your style, just shoot us an email at radio at nomeatathlete.com. All right, that's it for now, and let's get to the show. All right, do you want to stick with the same intro again? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Hi, this is Hope. This is Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to me Radio. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode... 49 of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier with Doug Hay, and today we are going to get a little bit personal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it like a, you know, I don't know, bass don't, guitar? Yeah, there don't, we go. Don't, don't. No, that's don't not right. That's <laughs> not right at all. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is is maybe less practical than than what we usually talk about. It's, it's the topic of what it means to be a vegan runner, like what it means to us. And the reason we're talking about that Aside from the fact that that we are at the end of a year, and you know, people might be may be making this particular change, or just looking for inspiration to make a dietary change or a fitness change, figured maybe having some background story about how we got this way, where we came from with respect to diet and fitness, uh, what it means to us now, and where we're going with it, just that that some of that would might be inspiring to someone, and uh, it it also the reason I mean the the true impetus for this in the short term at least was that. Uh, I just had a post go up on the Huffington Post blog, which I do from time to time of reprinting No Meat Athlete posts. This one, was actually, we did like a joint podcast episode and blog post a while ago mm-hmm. when this thing was first published on nomeatathlete.com. It was the podcast with Martin Rowe, and uh, he, he was the publisher. His company, Lantern Books, was the publisher for this book called Running, Eating, and Thinking, this anthology that I contributed to. And it's funny, the piece that, that went up here and that was on Nomi Athlete was actually rejected by them for that book and they ended up using my uh, the piece when the Boston Marathon bombing happened. I wrote an article the next day about that. <laughs> so that made it into the Running Eating Thinking book. My much longer What Being a Vegan Runner Means to Me post didn't but was really popular as a blog post so we submitted to Huffington Post. I didn't realize that. I, yeah. I just assumed that was part of the book. But no, it's yeah. rejected. Yeah. Huh. So it's a good it's a good lesson. It's something that is rejected is still good. Because yeah. this, this was one of the ones that has done better on Huffington Post as well. It was actually on the homepage for a little while, which doesn't always happen. I haven't figured out how they decide what to put on the homepage or not. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we figured we'd draw your attention to that. We'll put the, the link to that in the show notes. But that's what our whole conversation is going to be about today. Before we do that, though, we want to get to questions. We've been pushing questions recently with this whole kind of revamping of the podcast. 
And our our call-in hotline number, Doug, which is what? 951-NO-MEAT-1. There you go. Didn't even have to look it up. 951-666-3281. Yeah, and I saw that 666 the other day when you were telling me this. I was like, why did we pick 666 for our our phone number? Couldn't we just choose something different? And then we started like reverse engineering it. I don't know if that's the right word, but trying to figure out if it spelled anything, and we realized that it spelled no meat one, so that back when you set it up, however long ago, that was that was your thinking. A couple of years ago, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we had this idea a couple of years ago and didn't didn't end up rolling with it. Right. So, But anyway, we have an actual question that has come in via yeah. the hotline. We need a name for that. We should like apply a sponsor name even if there is none. Oh. Like the uh, you know the, the hotels.com hotline or something. <laughs> no reality hotline. Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, sorry, hotels.com. We're calling it that. The, uh, so, uh, do you ever watch The Daily Show? I used to. Yeah, um, I watched one the other day, and apparently Arby's has been shipping them lots of sandwiches just to have for lunch or something like that. So with no formal agreement with Arby's, they're naming segments, the Arby's segment, but they, they're just like bash, they're like the, and you'll get diarrhea for days, Arby's <laughs> hotline. <laughs> so All right, so this is the Arby's hotline, do that. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's, uh, let's, let's listen to that one and... This is a good perk of calling in. You you can get your voice and your question right on the on the airwaves here. So let's let's go. All right, let's do it. Hi, I'm Alex in uh, Ithaca, New York. I'm looking for sandwich ideas that are are uh, vegetarian. I uh, yeah, I'm not not too much of a cook, uh, but sandwiches are are uh, right in my sweet spot. So uh, looking for any good sandwich recommendations for a no meat athlete. Thanks. All right, so I love that, Alex, first of all, that you called yourself a no-meat athlete, which is fantastic when you said sandwich recommendations for a no-meat athlete because I just like when people call themselves that. I don't. I, I hate more than anything when I get introduced as the no-meat athlete as if it is my thing that's just for me. Uh, I'm absolutely not that. It's it, When I thought of the name, it was like this is a place for no-meat athletes to go. So uh, I think that's cool. And before we answer, Doug, do you want to hear what Google Voice, how they, because uh, Google Voice will transcribe these for you when they, when they send you, you want to hear what they, <laughs> how they interpreted this one? Oh, yeah. Said, yeah, yeah, I am Allison. If you're New York, yeah, I'm me and we'll meet up, sleep out <laughs> to caring, but yeah, and looking for sandwich ideas. Yeah, for, yes, our, our meeting, your car constrain. Yeah, hi, yeah, I'm not, not. Too much of a car crap. It's a which is our, our, yeah, right. In my sweet spot, yeah, looking for any of your sandwich recommendations you're in the meetup with. <laughs> so how are you going to answer that? Well, Allison, <laughs> I would enjoy to meet up, you know, sleep maybe, out. <laughs> maybe we should call this the uh, Google Voice transcription, never going <laughs> to get just, it right. And just Hotline. answer those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, we shouldn't be mean to Google because then they might, they might de-index us or something. Oh, yeah. My entire like life depends on Google actually sending traffic to new athletes so we don't want to do that no we don't we love google maybe we should just call it the google voice hotline and we'll just we'll just give them a free sponsorship there you go okay all right so anyway alex uh as for sandwiches i don't know Doug, do you have any sandwich suggestions because i i've i have a few little ideas but by and large i i noticed that when i went vegetarian especially vegan i kind of eliminated sandwiches from my diet because i used to do that was my lunch before was the deli meat sandwich uh-huh. and then uh I did I did wraps and stuff like that for a little while, but I've I've kind of stopped eating sandwiches. So I'm a I'm a big sandwich guy. I really like sandwiches. So my favorites are probably my go tos recently have been uh, toasted bread with hummus, cucumber, 
a green pepper and then, you know, I don't know, some sort of uh, tomato or lettuce or something like that mm-hmm. as well. But some sort of hummus base with a couple of different vegetables, cold vegetables. Very I think, good. I think hummus is a good idea because it, it first of all, I, I don't know that you need it, but psychologically it sort of makes it seem like there's some substance to it, like a, like a protein thing, yep. uh, which helps people mentally, I know. And also probably holds things in there because that was another problem. Like when I would put avocado and stuff on Oh, yeah, sandwiches. avocado, yeah. Well, I like it, but it slides around a lot. So you could yeah. also kind of spread it on if you wanted. Right, you can make a little kind of like a little guacamole type thing. I right. saw the seasoning, but yeah, yeah, just kind of mix it up, spread it on there. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, because I have kids, we do a lot of like almond butter sandwiches, mm-hmm. which is just sort of kid-like. But uh, they're, they're pretty good. If I have nothing else to eat and I'm hungry, that's I'll make one of those. Almond Usually, butter, yeah. Just almond butter on like a sprouted uh, Ezekiel bread type thing. Yep. Which probably the reason I don't eat sandwiches anymore is because I've replaced all the ingredients with these like tasteless versions <laughs> like Ezekiel sprouted <laughs> bread. But uh, we did that for the kids and that's the only bread we have around. So that's what I eat. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Every once in a while I'll get like a like a firehouse subs thing or a, something and it's just veggies on a sandwich. It's okay. Not great. Uh, Matt Rusigno, though, turned, he didn't turn me on to this. I think I tried it, like, once, and it was good. I just did, didn't stick. He does the, uh, I don't know the, the brand name or what they are. They're like they're just like the, the fake meat deli slices. Yeah. He's a, a registered dietitian, and he, he says they're not really that bad, and, like, just a little bit kind of makes it seem more like a sandwich. Right. And, I mean, I mean they're not that bad nutritionally. I think they taste good once mm-hmm. you're kind of used to not eating meat. They're just, you know, they're not that different, especially compared to, to regular deli meat, which is not... A lot of it is not even very close to meat anyway. Right. You know? right. So that's an idea. Um, yeah. We we do those on car trips sometimes if we have to make sandwiches for mm-hmm. a car trip. What are they called? Do you, have a, you know the brand name? Uh, I think it's the – is it Tofurky brand? Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I think so. And then they have like a veggies, ham. like Veggie slices, veggie slips. I don't know. Slips. No. They have like a fake Slipping ham and then a fake turkey, maybe even a yeah. fake bologna or something like that. That's what you need. Fake bologna. Fake bologna. Bologna's not fake enough already. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that it, and it's so good that you, you really want to replicate it with a right. <laughs> plant-based alternative. Right. Um, but no. what what I do for – actually, I've, is wrap, like wraps I do fairly often. Just basically make a huge salad and put it into a wrap. So you can put anything – anything you would put on a salad, just wrap it up in, in a whole wheat or sprouted or whatever type of uh, – whatever, a wrap that you get in the deli of a store and that that works well like just make a salad and put it in there so mm-hmm. beans teeny dressing yeah you know that would work yeah i'm trying to think i eat i feel like i eat sandwiches all the time but i guess it's just kind of that hummus and variation <laughs> on the hummus sandwich there's the um the vegan bacon recipe on nomadathlete.com ah. is good it takes a little bit of work to make it but not a tremendous amount just like mm-hmm. you know making a meal basically but you can make this huge batch of bacon and for a while, I was doing BLTs with that, and that mm, was really good. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah that I we have used the um, or I have used the. There's like a tempeh that um, has, I don't know, like barbecue seasoning. And it's supposed to like tempeh bacon. I mm-hmm. think is what they call it. You can yeah. get it at Whole Foods. I've had that. Um, I've done sandwiches with that several times, mm-hmm. which is good. That is good. So, yeah. uh, Alex, hope that helps. I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, the fact of the matter at least for me is that i don't eat that many sandwiches anymore and i really i can i can trace the the end of eating sandwiches to when i went vegetarian it just it's just how it worked um but it sounds like there are alternatives if you're committed to it how about how about a post-workout sandwich with um almond butter like banana and dates or something like that maybe a little uh, agave mm-hmm. 
You know what I do that's sort of like that? First of all, I, that would be a terrible sandwich. I mean, <laughs> why? That sounds delicious. I don't know. Like, I I feel like when I want a sandwich, I want like salty stuff on there. Yeah. Like, all, right, like, all right. But but it's kind of like an alternative to a PB and J. What I have been doing very similar to that, not not thinking of it at all as a sandwich, but as like a dessert, is I don't know where I got this recipe, but you take two corn tortillas, those little small like four or five inch things. Mm-hmm. Um, you spread almond butter on them. You slice a banana and put that in there. Drizzle a little bit of agave, or I usually use maple syrup, and then put the other one on top. And then you fry that in the in like a little bit of oil in a frying pan. Mm. For you don't even need the oil. You could because those tortillas heat up pretty well without oil. Yeah. Uh, and you just you know I don't know two minutes per side or whatever. Not not so that it burns, but so that it gets a little bit charred. And it's just delicious. It's such a good little. Dessert. That does sound. That sounds absolutely delicious. Yes. And Very a whole easy. lot like that sandwich I was just talking about. Yeah, it's, it's good as a dessert, but post workout, that's like the last thing I want. I want. I usually want salty things. Yeah, but yeah. that's just me. Some people like sweets. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe pre workout. Pre workout, maybe a breakfast sandwich. Breakfast maybe? sandwich. Maybe. There you go. Yeah. All right. So okay, so that's uh, hopefully that's helpful. Uh, we probably won't spend quite that long on every question we get. Um, so. Don't be afraid to submit one. We do have another question though that was sent by email, not necessarily to the podcast, but to the to the Nomad Athlete inbox. Nomad Athlete, uh, I don't know, Tofurky slices inbox. <laughs> uh, let me try to pull up. And if you here. have a question and you want to send it to the inbox, then just email radio at nomadathlete.com, Brought to you by Tofurky. There you go. And Google Voice. We might actually get in trouble for saying things like this. <laughs> Okay, well, we're just kidding. I'm <laughs> not actually sponsored by it. Okay, so the question, this is one, uh, the guy's name is Satya, I believe, S-A-T-Y-A. And uh, he's he's been using the smoothie recipe for breakfast, been working out great. That's the smoothie recipe on No Meat Athlete. We can, we can put a link to that in case you haven't seen it. Uh, he used cold almond milk from his refrigerator for it, but now that it's getting wintertime, doesn't really like having the cold smoothie anymore. If he heats up the almond milk, it's not the same doesn't taste you know taste different so wants to know what he can do instead uh and i don't know if you know i guess we could sort of say what are some other options as far as i mean what can you do with the almond milk otherwise or how can you still make a smoothie or what do you do instead of, of a smoothie entirely if, if you can't do that if, it, if it's just not working for you so first thing i would say is you might like when you heat almond milk, it goes through different stages, just like heating any sort of milk. Like, like you can easily burn. I know this because we've made a lot of espresso drinks at home. My my wife Erin drinks like almond milk lattes, and we make them at home a lot. Mm. And you can easily burn the almond milk. So if you heat it too much, it just gets terrible and bitter and bad. But if you just gently heat it, probably not in the microwave, probably just on like a stove top, and just do it until it's room temperature. So it, therefore, not cold and not hot either. Uh, that that might be all you need. Or set the almond milk out for like. I don't know, an hour before you need that smoothie, if you get up and have that kind of time in the morning, let it reach room temperature and then use it that way. So that works fine. You could also eliminate the ice from smoothies. I've done that before. People have asked me about, can you do that? Because they don't like the sound of the ice in the blender. <laughs> I guess some people have that problem. Um, yeah, that would work. I mean, I've done it before on accident. Forget the ice and it turns out fine. Just not not quite as good because it's not cold. Uh-huh. But, but otherwise, I mean, texture is surprisingly the same. I always thought the ice made it like icy and slushy like but it doesn't really do that no not in my experience it's basically yeah. like cold water i think you know, some 
like thicker smoothies. So you're using avocado as kind of a thickener instead of bananas or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more hearty to me anyway. It feels more winter time. And then I've been making uh, smoothies with pumpkin, like pureed pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And that is both seasonal and oh, it tastes delicious. Very nice. And it, I don't know. It's it, you know, again, you're not really putting as much ice in there, and it's not frozen. You know, where I would normally put frozen fruit in there, right? Um, so it's not as cold, and it's really it's quite good. You could also do, I've heard people who I know people base smoothies on oats a lot. Like oats is sort of their thickening ingredient, hmm. uh, and it does kind of work for that. But you could I've you can even use oatmeal. Like you could use warm oatmeal if you wanted and make a warmer drink smoothie thing that's kind Ooh, of like oatmeal. Interesting. I, I would imagine that would gross some people out. Like oatmeal in general grosses me out. So I think if I had a warm smoothie that was reminiscent of oatmeal, I would not like it at all. Uh-huh. But I don't know. If that if you're into that sort of porgy idea, it might be good. What are so what are some alternatives if you just want to scrap the smoothie altogether? What do you have for breakfast? Sweetness? I mean, you could sort of deconstruct the smoothie, which is just eat fruit yeah. and and some nuts and seeds. Uh, a lot of people do salads for breakfast. I, I can't get into that, but I've never really tried, to be honest. And I think if I if I did try, I'd probably, probably eventually get used to it, and it probably would be... I mean, I think the whole construct that you need sweet food before you have savory food, that's just like... I mean, we've probably made that up. I don't think... I don't know if, if other cultures... I mean, if some other cultures have that. I don't know if, if that's a universal thing. I, I highly doubt that, that our ancestors you know, hunter gathering would, would require some sort of sweet thing in the morning. I think we've entirely made up this, this system of like, we need these foods in this order and we need this after dinner and all that stuff. Right. right. So I think it's, I think you could totally do salad. And I've heard that like a salad with a sweet dressing is sort of also works well for breakfast, hmm. but a but lot of times still cold, not, not cold. like ice right. cold. True. Of course, but. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I would, I would do fruit and a handful of nuts, fruit and an almond butter sandwich could be good. Mm hmm. Uh, but I don't know. That's I eat such simple little breakfasts. Or you can also not. You can. I, people are going to get mad at me, but you can skip breakfast and and not die. And <laughs> like I think I think there's a lot to be said for just restricting calories in general. Trying to eat fewer calories like that that is definitely linked to longevity. It's one of very few things that is. Uh, so a lot of times I'll go through phases where I don't. I try to try to not eat anything until like eleven o'clock in the morning or, or maybe even noon if i'm not particularly hungry if i'm starving i'll eat something but if i don't know i find that once you get used to not eating then you can you can do it yeah i've been uh, on a single slice of toast with almond butter and then a banana mm. that's that, my that's breakfast good, yeah. that's probably i've been doing that last month maybe you yeah. know what else is good um any i mean toast reminded me of this but i mean there's a there's a nut bread recipe in heather crosby's book yum universe that took a little bit of a while to make. It's totally gluten-free bread based on nuts and seeds. So very, very healthy for you. Lots of calories in there if you do want the calories. But that with like a little spread, like to put in the toaster, spread a tiny bit of coconut oil on it, mm. which is a lot like butter because it's saturated fat and just right. you need a two teaspoon or less and it'll do it. And like a little sprinkle of salt and that is delicious. Such a good breakfast. Oh, and I have one more thing. Weekend, this is something I do on weekends a lot, is I believe the Spanish name is it name for it is is tomate pan con tomate or something i don't know i should be better at spanish than i am now but it's like a baguette you can get a whole wheat one if you if you want if you have access to whole wheat baguettes and you slice it in half and you i toast it first so it gets a little bit crispy then rub it with a clove of garlic like a half clove of garlic just rub it put some sliced tomatoes on there fresh sliced tomatoes and then they would just eat it as is with a little bit of drizzle olive oil i tend to put it back in the toaster to heat the tomato up a little bit that's a really nice like weekend vegan fancy breakfast with coffee 
It could also be a sandwich for Alex. Could be. That could be a sandwich, yeah. So that answers both questions. Cool. All right. So there you go. Thanks, guys, for asking questions. Yeah, and, and anyone listening, please, if you've got a question, submit it. Uh, I think this is a fun segment of the show. We're not always going to go this long about them, but I guess we just got a little excited that uh, we have <laughs> questions. So That's right. anyway, so let's uh, let's talk about the topic for the day, which is what it means to be a vegan runner. We've already given the intro and the backstory of why we're doing this. So let's just jump into like, I don't know, let's do the past, present, future order, kind of where, how, how we got into this, where we came from, and uh, where we are now, what it means, and then maybe maybe a little bit where where we are going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, for I mean, for me, I guess this may surprise some people, but my background growing up was totally not this at all. Like we were definitely into sports growing up, but but I hated running. It was awful, and I've told that story a lot of times. But I didn't get into running until college when some friends and I decided we were going to run a marathon, and uh, really just jumped into being a runner. So I, I was not at all one. College was really the first time I started being interested in fitness at all and nutrition at all because we didn't eat healthily at all growing up. It was a very standard Western diet. I mean, a lot of a lot of cooked meals. So we, it wasn't like we bought a bunch of food all the time. But you know, the, the groceries that we ate were just junk. A lot of like soda, a lot of just all kinds of sugary things. Like my literally a typical day in my life as a child is worse diet than than my son has ever had in a single day <laughs> i just hate remembering that i feel like i i just ate so bad for 20 years of my life what but, if what if he goes to visit your your grandparents or your parents his grandparents i mean it's okay he, he eats some of that stuff but not even they they understand so much more now than they did then right like just maybe because of me being into it but you know i just i feel like everybody sort of knows that processed food is bad I and mean, we people didn't really know that that was not yeah. a thing that processed food wasn't good i think we thought it was sort of a a miracle <laughs> yeah i mean we were we were like a three times a week hamburger helper family really yeah i don't even know what that is is that like a powder you mix in with hamburger it's and, like and powder and pasta flavor? basically you just make uh you like saute up some hamburger meat mm-hmm. and then you just add this stuff in and it's either rice or pasta and you know right. seasonings and stuff like that and then all of a sudden you have a meal but right. it's like like totally processed and, <laughs> right. and right. really not yeah good. so I mean, neither of them came from a background of eating healthily or mindfully or anything like that. For me, it started to change when I got to college and for some reason got interested in fitness. I think, honestly, I think it was motivated by, by girls and like wanting to just, just you know, go to the gym, get bigger, put on muscle. And then along with that, the plan that I found to do that, which was called Body for Life, I'm looking at it right now, it's on my bookshelf. Uh, it, it was like a 12-week program for getting in shape and it really wasn't, I didn't know anything about fitness at the time, so I didn't realize at the time that that a weight loss plan is different from a pack-on-muscle plan. Uh, so it didn't do for me exactly what I wanted in that way, but it got me introduced to fitness. And and with that, it was a meal plan. I was super strict about it. They had one one cheat day. We talked about this in a previous episode of the cheat day idea. Yep. One week or one day a week, you could have a cheat day where you just you're instructed to try to really go all out so that you won't be tempted later in the week to cheat. Uh, and, and I did exactly that. I would, you know, that, there was one exception I made and that was beer, you know, college, <laughs> but, and it didn't even seem like an exception then. It was like, well, who, well, how, how would you not drink in college? So I like, <laughs> didn't even feel like I was breaking a rule there. It just was like, that's, uh, that's just part of it. Uh, so I did that a great program though. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, it's not the way I would choose to lift weights now at all. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that it's the first place to go for results, but if you've never done a workout program, it worked really well. It was specific in the instructions, and I, I imagine you can still get it. I think it's still a pretty popular thing. Yeah. 
you know, I had, was kind of similar in that I was never all that into running. I did run cross country in middle school and then my first couple years of high school. That was only because I dropped out of band my freshman year of high school. My parents made me, they were like, if you're going to drop out of band, you have to play a sport. And, you know, I wasn't good enough to get on any of the other sports. So um, I ran cross country and I, you know, I was not very good and didn't like it. I liked the camaraderie of the teammates and everything, but, um, you know, really that was, that was about it. I didn't, definitely wasn't into running at the time. Uh, and, you know, similar to you, didn't really pay any attention to diet. We, you know, we didn't eat terribly by the time I was in high school, but, you know, but still plenty of junk food and tons of meat and, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of thing. So fitness, I was a little overweight. Fitness was never a part of anything, even throughout college. I didn't, you know, I'd go to the gym and play racquetball. Mm-hmm. I was like big into racquetball, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, is kind of funny. You don't really run much of that. It's not like a good weight loss thing. You get sweaty. No. You, yeah, you ever play racquetball? No, but I played tennis. Probably, I imagine it's sort of similar. Yeah, you run way less than in tennis than in tennis, I think. But less than in tennis. Yeah, you're just hot because you're in that enclosed room, right? Right. There's right. someone else sweating and breathing and all that. Yeah, yeah. But no, I didn't. I didn't actually start running until maybe a year after after college when I was in DC and my roommate. I mean, you know the story a little bit. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommate and I decided to sign up for a marathon, even though neither of us were really running at all um and that's you know and then it was just kind of collected for some reason it just since then running has been a huge thing but even when i was doing that i wasn't at all into watching my diet or paying attention to what i would eat i would come home from a training run and purposely buy a frozen pizza to have in the freezer so that i'd come home turn on the oven put the pizza in take a shower and get out when i got done i would just devour an entire like pepperoni pizza (laughs) (laughs) so did you then did you ever get to a point where you were eating healthy before you became vegetarian or were they the same transition for you um yeah i would say there's there's kind of a the same transition for me yeah i never i mean i've always been one to like vegetables and like salads and things like that but um i definitely ate plenty of junk mm-hmm. i've never been like a soda guy and a big candy guy or anything like that but you know i ate a lot of barbecue and ate a lot of pizzas and a lot of unhealthy foods mm-hmm. yeah it really wasn't until i mean you know even when i went vegetarian i ate a lot of junk for a little while um as i transitioned in uh yeah hmm. how about you um well i guess so with the, it was it was when i did that yeah and that wasn't vegetarian at all it was about lean meat i think they they discouraged red meat in general because it wasn't often lean but if you could mm-hmm. get like someone in one of those 90 10 packs of where it was 10 percent fat right uh they were they were fine on that program so but I, but I did that, and I got super strict about it, and then I went I, – I just kept being into healthy eating. Uh, I, it's funny that you mentioned soda. I forgot all about this, but I that was like one of my first New Year's resolutions that I actually ever stuck to. And really happened at this time that was such a just dramatic change. Like when I got into this fitness program, I remember I was the only one um, who was doing it. I didn't For some reason, my roommates weren't doing it either. Hmm. And it was this one semester in college that I just specifically remember, and I got up every single day before classes started, which was like – 8 a.m. then and it was just like that's so early that I could be up at 8 a.m. and I would go to the gym and like by myself but like felt like I was really doing something and working at something and like a really great memory probably the first time that I got associated with this idea of that making change and being disciplined can actually be fun like mm-hmm. that that it actually feels really good but anyway in this process I uh, I was still drinking soda 
and it's hard for me to it's been so long now that I, it's hard for me to imagine that i was just drinking soda on an everyday basis and like that's what i would drink with lunch but that's how it was and then for a new year's resolution i think this exact same semester maybe it was the next one i uh i just when i decided that i was going to no longer drink soda just cold turkey just quit it and uh, i did exactly that so it's it's really just been kind of a march towards cleaner and cleaner diet since then for me yeah. i've definitely gone through phases like i got really into cooking for a while where i was kind of into the whole foods thing and, and not trying to eat processed food but secondary to that was trying to make really good tasty meals and like it didn't really matter what animals went in it didn't matter how many calories it was none of that mattered it didn't matter if it was like i knew that brown rice and whole wheat were better than the white alternatives but if i was cooking a fancy italian dish it would be white pasta because that was just like what goes with the dish right so i went through that phase and then right after that is when i when i made the decision to become vegetarian totally for ethical reasons uh and that that's when i don't know and then since then it's really been a much faster progress towards cutting out the whole foods that's kind of been like honestly i mean people look at my thing and and when they ask me questions for like for other podcasts and stuff they they always want to know about going vegetarian and going vegan but way more significant than that to me in terms of diet is that is that when i went vegetarian is when i started this process of really cutting out processed foods mm-hmm. and uh and that that's always what i recommend like people are i guess some people don't like this but what I recommend first to someone, I don't say try to go vegan. I say try to just cut out the whole foods, like or, or sorry, cut out the processed foods. That's that's going to be the first, I think, most immediate step. Most you know, the most immediate impact that you'll see is just by if you could get yourself off of processed foods, onto whole foods. I would do that first, and then and then worry about cutting out animal products. And I mean, totally from a health perspective. If if there's an ethical thing, then by all means, and that's what it was for me. Then, right. then do that. But but I think as far as my health goes, more significant than that has been the the just distinction between process and whole foods. Yeah. And I think for, you know, how we differ is pretty significant in, our, in, our, in this part of our story because, you know, for me it was not ethical reasons at all that ended up making me go vegetarian. I really did it for environmental reasons, not at the time, well, and still now. You know, I'm, I was big into um, being green, you know, trying to live a green lifestyle, and, and the diet was the... Um, the big cloud, you know, that was sort of the elephant in the room, you know, mm-hmm. I was eating all this meat and I was eating all this processed food that had traveled, you know, thousands and thousands of miles to get on my plate. Did you, back then, did you know, like, were you aware of the impact that eating meat and just that livestock industry in general has on the environment? Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know about that until after being vegan. And I just thought, and that, I don't know, I think, I kind of think that being vegan, being surrounded by those people is when you get exposed to that information, but I guess you were long before that. Like people, people who aren't vegan mm-hmm. know about that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that people in the environmental world and 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 my friends in DC um, were very heavy in the uh, kind of the environmentalist community, the nonprofit environmentalist community. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, cows produce more CO two than cars do. Um, you know, so that's a that's a pretty big pretty big issue, uh, and so for me, go, going vegetarian, cutting out um, meat that way was was really what ended up getting me to go vegetarian, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and it didn't really have anything to do with the health. And the, the health just kind of was a part of that. It was as I was doing that, I was trying to eat more locally, um, also because it was more environmentally friendly, and so. That meant going to the farmer's markets and getting fresher vegetables. And so naturally, I just kind of, over time, started eating healthier and eating more whole 
unprocessed foods, but it really wasn't a, a, a decision I made for health reasons. It was at the time, it was more environmental stuff. And, and now, of course, I see all the health benefits and I see how it affects, you know, me as a runner and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But yeah, it, it was a totally different process for me. And I've also come to um, appreciate and really feel passionate about the animal cruel, cruelty stuff as well. But that wasn't really a big, a big factor in it for me at first. Yeah, I think I think that is almost universal that people who become vegetarian or vegan for whatever reason, even if not, or even if it is for compassionate reasons like that, uh, you become more of that way. You just you just tend to. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's sort of you're letting that bit of light into your life, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and then and then that just illuminates everything, and it's like oh my, you start to see this impact, and you start to feel more compassionate. Yeah. Well, when you're eating, you know, when you're eating a, a chicken or a cow or a pig or something. And you can't, you, if you're going to eat it, you can't think about what happened to it, right? right? Yeah, possibly, yeah. So, you know, if, and as soon as you stop doing that, you can, you're allowed to kind of process that, you know, your, right. your head can right. absorb that information. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, what the, yeah. what the hell's going on? That's a good point. And I think, and I'm, this is no secret that, that the, the livestock industry does a lot to, to sort of uh, foster that idea, like like people not thinking about where the food came from, like mm-hmm. with you know with the hidden the way it's so secretive and you know cameras aren't allowed in and and uh, there's this interesting thing that there's a book called I think I'm not gonna get it right but it was why we love dogs eat cows and wear not no love dogs eat pigs and wear cows or something by Melanie <laughs> Joy uh, and that was that was like the first book that I read that was sort of about the ideological reasons for not eating animals. And uh, just it just pointed out there like the extent to which that is hidden that you can drive across the country and and see very few cows relatively speaking like relative to the millions or whatever that are that are slaughtered right. every year it's like where are they all that you just you don't see them uh-huh. and the ones that you do see look happy and are in these <laughs> right. huge fields and you know so anyway but a total side note isn't it interesting how uh, more and more I'm seeing uh, fast food restaurants and and different restaurants humanize animals you know with the like eat more chicken. <laughs> You know, cow and like holds <laughs> up. It's like so weird that they're like humanizing these animals, but then you're then gonna you're right. eat the animals. I don't know. Kind of funny. That is kind of funny. I don't know. Maybe Melanie Joy can chime in and explain why that would suit their purpose. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, so that's I don't know. That, that's the ethical stuff, and and that was the driving factor for me. For I just I had a dog. I was I was in the middle of this whole Boston qualifying journey that I've talked about so much. I was five years into that had learned about nutrition, learned about healthy eating, learned about fitness, and you know, was a very serious runner at this point, at least looking at me as a runner, like serious as a recreational runner. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I really wanted to become vegetarian just because I, I had dogs and I felt like I, I had one dog. And I felt like I just couldn't, didn't feel right eating pigs when I knew that pigs were as intelligent as dogs in many cases or more. And that I connected with this dog so much. And all of a sudden there was this big inconsistency in how I was living my life. And like, why could I, how could I possibly do this and feel okay about it? And as I said, at the same time I was into the cooking and like, so I was eating more pork than ever. And just like thinking less about animals as food than ever. Just, I mean, just this total contradiction. Uh, so that, I finally decided to make that change very gradually. First, I just said, actually, first I tried it. I just went vegetarian for like a weekend. Or no, I think it was I think it was for a week. Maybe Aaron was out of town, and I we talked about this before because like that's that was my <laughs> bad activity that I do when my wife goes away is I uh-huh. try to go vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I went out to the bar with friends, 
and uh, there was nothing to order on the menu that was vegetarian, so I just quit then. I was like, oh, that didn't work. That was hard. I guess I got chicken <laughs> fingers. Like, not for me. Uh, but then over the over the next few years, I I said, well, I can't do that, but I'm going to go halfway and stop eating cows and pigs because that's what I care most about. As it turns out, those are the animals that had four legs, so that was a nice step in the nice small step in the process. And I did that for a year. Got to the point, got sort of fed up enough with my progress towards Boston. Like I, I was still improving, but I don't know. I improved from a 324 to a 320, like under ideal conditions. And I, I should have been so much faster. And that's when I really started to question if I was ever going to get down to 310. So at that point, I said, you know, I, I'm I don't have that much to lose. Like I'm not on the current path. I'm not going to get to Boston. So why not just try giving up the chicken and fish so that I can eat the way that I believe is is right for me. Uh, and I, you know, I don't, I don't tell people what's right for them at all, but just personally, personal decision. I didn't feel right for myself about eating that. So I said, I'm going to do this. And, uh, and it just, it just worked. Like it was it, six months after that is when I qualified for Boston. And, you know, I think it played a large part. So that, that was, that was how I went vegetarian. It was in, it was in those small steps. Cause I, when I decided to go vegetarian, I first, after being like a year without the four legged animals, I spent a month where I cut out the two-legged animals, the birds mostly, and I mean birds entirely, and uh, and then was eating fish, but then I phased that out. So the, that small steps approach, the reason I like it so much is because that's what worked when that when that jump-in approach didn't mm-hmm. work right. years before. So that was my going vegetarian story. And then vegan since then, really the same thing. Just over two years' time, gradually cut stuff out without really the intention of being vegan, just not really. As I learned more and more about what happened to dairy cows and things like that, still the ethical thing. Just started to cut out, started to eat less milk, choose to eat less cheese. And then finally, one day, two years after becoming vegetarian, I said, no more cheese. And then I was vegan. So that's, that's how it worked. It, it wasn't wasn't as hard or as big a thing as most people make that out to be. It just took a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I went vegetarian, it was, it was pretty much cold turkey vegetarian, except for this huge asterisk, which was barbecue. Because <laughs> uh-huh. uh, my best friend, you know, and I would always love to travel all around Virginia and Maryland trying to find the best barbecue and um and so we wanted to keep doing that or I wanted to keep doing it I didn't want to lose that so for a while there for probably three months um there was that that asterisk but you know it wasn't too much at first I wasn't eating that much barbecue and then I started eating it more and more and kind of using that excuse more and more it's so finally I was like all right this has got to go you know I just got to make this plunge if I'm going to do this I'm going to actually do it um and and so that that's how I went vegetarian. So it wasn't really phasing out the four legged, the two legged. Mm-hmm. Although I do think that's a, a really good option for a lot of people. Um, and then for vegan, it was it was almost two years, maybe even three, after going vegetarian that I even started playing around with going vegan. And, and we did the um, the vegan at at home, uh, and not out if we were going at a restaurant or something like that. And that worked for a while, and then it wasn't until really right before we moved here that, um, so earlier this year that I went full on, full on vegan. But that, you know, and I didn't realize this until we were talking about it right now. But as as I was starting to go vegetarian and starting to eat healthier, was also as I was ramping up my running. So it wasn't for you. You had this kind of transition of being a meat runner to a no meat runner, right? Um, and seeing the drastic change in your marathon time. Mm-hmm. I had run one marathon before I went vegetarian and had just started training for my second. Um, you know, but you, And I dropped a ton of time, but you know, that was probably because yeah. mm-hmm. I had run a second marathon. Um, and, you know, and, and as I was discovering this healthier, more whole foods 
plant-based, you know, world of, of food was also as I was ramping up my running. And, and I guess they probably both kind of fed into this healthy lifestyle and this need and this desire to, to be healthier and to be living a, this, this lifestyle that I wasn't at all living before. So and I think, I think they kind of played into each other mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, they definitely did. And I think one theme that has come out already uh, for anyone who is looking to make big changes like this is have some larger goal, some reason why. And that, that is not a new idea. That is, I mean, if you look at any goal setting type program, figuring out your reason why and getting really clear on that, writing it down ideally is, is always there. And that's like for both of us, we had really strong reasons to get into running. And it, it wasn't because we said, I want to become a runner and I'm just going to start running. It was, we wanted to do a marathon. Like we had this right. other thing that we wanted mm-hmm. to do that for whatever reason was super important to us that we get it done. And then become a runner is kind of the way to get that done. So I mean, this is an argument for having good goals, I guess, but it could just be for having a strong reason why you're doing something. And the same with, with vegetarian vegan. Like if, if when I first decided to do it, it, it didn't really mean a lot. It was, I just felt weird about it. But, but by the time I actually did it, the feelings were much, much stronger. I had much more conviction about it and also felt more confident that it would, that it would work for me, that it would be okay. Uh, and, and didn't have this thing blocking this, this fear that, that if I, that I was on the path to call for Boston, but if I went vegetarian, then I would not, that was gone. Cause I, my progress had sort of stalled. Right. So, you know, it just to point out just how, how strongly the, the reasons are behind these things when something sticks and when it doesn't. So if you're trying to make changes right now, get, get clear in your reasons. That's really important. Yeah. And what's interesting for me, at least, and I think for you as well, is that since becoming a runner and since becoming a vegan, I now have all these other reasons that have come to light mm-hmm. uh, that are keeping me that way and that make me that much more excited about, you know, making those two decisions, having that best part of my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and that, that I never would have, that would have never been very strong reasons from the very beginning, but now all of a sudden I have these yeah. Things that are keeping which is where we're going next because we want to talk about what it means to us in in the present moment and uh for me what that whole Huffington post article is about uh is that is that it for me it is my practice like in the way in the way that a yogi or yogini practices or someone practices meditation to me that's what being vegan is like it's not it's it's i don't think it's hard to do anymore but i'm also the first to admit that it's not easy I, I don't i don't try to pretend like it's less effort or, or the same effort as eating a regular diet i mean now it's now there's very little friction because it's my lifestyle and i'm used to it but i i like that it's difficult i like that at a race there i know there's not gonna be anything at the aid stations for me to eat and i have to or there might be but i don't know what it's going to be and it's a lot of effort to find out and i need to prepare for myself and figure it out and if we're going on a road trip with the family of like driving home to maryland we know we're kind of on our own when it comes to food. Like there's not going to be anything that's good and healthy for us on the road. So we need to prepare ourselves. And with every, you know, choosing a meal to cook for dinner, having having this restricted set of options from all the cookbooks in the world, you're, you're down to these fewer things. To me, it feels like it's just like a, a, a more difficult decision, a higher level decision that you're making. Like this is new decision, but now it has constraints in it. And it's just a new problem to solve. And I don't know, for me, that's that's what it's about. And it's... I feel like it's totally, and running the same way. Like running has never come as has been like a joyful activity to me for its own sake, but I really like the practice of running. I like I like the training. I like what it does for me in in a lot of ways in the way that it help really helps my mind more than my body. So 
that, that's what it is for me now. Like that's what veganism and running are to me now. They're, they're this practice. It's part of my lifestyle. Um, I find joy in both of them, but but none of them is like can't wait to get outside and run today or or like right. I don't know. And, and not not to say that I don't miss that way that I used to be so into cooking. Like I, I do miss that sort of thrill of making a meal that I was so excited about that. I don't have that anymore, which is different from a lot of people who a lot of people I talk to when I tell them this, they get upset and say. Well, I you know I got into cooking when I went vegan, mm-hmm. and for many people that's how it is. But that's that's not how it was for me. If I'm honest, like I've gotten less into cooking since being vegan. But I think the fact that I still am vegan, I don't know, three years later, six years after becoming vegetarian, uh, sort of drives home the point of how much this does mean to me. That that it like, even though it is harder, I'm sticking with it, and I'm very happily doing so because it's that's you know it does so many other things for me. Yeah. I think I know the answer to this question, but I want to hear you say it. Do you identify more as a vegan or as a runner? Uh, or as I identify a vegan athlete? <laughs> yeah, vegan athlete. Uh, I identify more as vegan. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, to me, running running could be interchanged with any other sport that, that involves accomplishing goals. If, if I had happened to find swimming in college, like if, if swimming had, had an equivalent to a marathon that people did on right. a large scale, and I happened to find that, I'd be a swimmer now instead of a runner. Mm-hmm. So running is is an outlet, in a, you know, a way to do this sort of stuff. And I like for the goal reason. I like having a sort of vehicle for achieving these goals that also has nice benefits of keeping me in shape and the mental benefits and all that. But it could be any other sport or act, or even a non-sport. It could be a different activity that I was super into. Mm-hmm. Uh, veganism though is more unique. It doesn't seem to me that there's a there's a um, I mean, I guess you could be a, a paleo, like a devout paleo. <laughs> right. And it doesn't, I don't know. And like, I feel like that wouldn't work for me at all. This is, veganism is a very unique thing that I'm happy to be. Right. Yeah. Was that the answer you expected? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what about you? Which, which uh, You might say you're more of a runner. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely identify more as a runner. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now, you know, I, I actually don't even think I would, if, I, I would say that I identify as a trail runner because I don't even think I'd be running anymore if if I hadn't had started running and, and enjoying trails a little bit because you know really all my life I've been someone who just loves being in the woods and in the mountains um, and on the dirt and I was fascinated with the marathon and ran two back to back that you know within nine months of each other um, and thought that was exciting and exhilarating but it was for some reason uh, running in the city and on the busy sidewalks and in the heat of the summer in dc it just wasn't all that appealing to me after a while and i got to where i was dreading to go out and the only reason i was doing is because i was telling everybody i was a runner and i'd started this blog and Mm -hmm. Mm yeah it just uh i think i would have absolutely not been a runner anymore if it wasn't for for trail running so i think that what I didn't, I, what I identify about trail running so much and what it means to me now is um, that it's something that puts me back into something more basic, into something more primal, um, being outside, being in the woods, being, you know, last night I was running a trail, route, trail run in the dark and, you know, and I was on alert, like, you know, big time mm-hmm. seeing eyes in the, you know, yeah. I'm sure that they were rabbits and squirrels and stuff like that, but, you know, seeing things in the woods and, and that is such a unique feeling that we don't get very often these days with so many electronics and, you know, so many creature comforts um, that kind of this, this primal outside, you know, open to exposed to the environment um, 
feeling is just something that I, I really love and is what keeps me going. And running is also something that I'm able to control and that no matter where I am in life, where I'm living, um, kind of what I'm doing, what my work situation is or what my family situation or anything like that, you know, I'm always able to go for a run and I have control over the outcome of that. You know, what I put in, I can mm-hmm. get out and assuming I don't get injured or something like that. And I'm always able to, if I put in more, then I, I get out more and I can challenge myself more and that kind of thing. So that that's kind of where running plays in me. You know, of course it does so many good positive things to my health and my mental health and all that kind of thing. But that's really what, what keeps me going and what draws me in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and vegan being vegan just kind of plays into that. I think that plays into the lifestyle, plays into the something I can control, plays into allowing me to stay healthy and recover better and do all that kind of thing. And now, you know, especially now that I'm working and co-hosting the No Meat Athlete radio podcast, um, you know, it's kind of becoming an outward part of my identity as well. Right, right. Uh, people know me or some people know me, you mm-hmm. know, as that, um, you know, so that that's part of it. But, you know, I think I definitely identify with the runner more than the, the mm-hmm. vegan thing. Although, you know, there's so many, I, I'm getting, as we were just saying, I'm getting so many more reasons to believe and what we're doing and what we're, you know, how we're eating in our, in our lifestyle and our diet that, you know, that's becoming, it's growing more and more passionate and part of my, you know, I'm growing more and more passionately passionate about it. Cool. Like it. Yeah. So there's this blog called Zen Habits that you might've heard of. <laughs> uh, and I wrote a, I think wrote you a, mentioned <laughs> it last time actually. I, I didn't mention it on this podcast before. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Once or twice. Uh, but I wrote a guest post for Leo a long time ago about trail running. My first big guest post on any site, like my my blog was tiny, tiny little thing back then. I don't know if it had a hundred subscribers or a thousand, but but nothing compared to you know what it, the million subscribers yeah, right. you have now. Right. No, but nothing compared to like even what it was three years ago. It, it was just a brand new thing. And for some reason, Leo, who had a Time Magazine top twenty five blog, <laughs> let me write a guest post on it about trail running. And the my intro was was about what it does for like the soul and, and it was exactly all that stuff you just said that just yeah. like in this world of like all these electronic devices and everything else there's this primal thing that happens when you go out in the woods and run mm-hmm. particularly at night like you said i could see how that and i've done that before uh you know that, that's a, when i was really into trail running that's that's exactly the feelings that i had and why why i loved it and i don't know i don't know why i haven't stuck with it for for those same reasons i think it's more just a matter of practicality and priorities and things with kids and everything else right not the kids makes you not run trails. There are plenty of trail running people who's that's their thing, and they have kids and they make time for trail running. Uh, not me though. I, I I do the road running instead, generally. Uh, but that's exactly what it was that I loved about it. And so I think that's that's an interesting thing. Like if if you're if you're a road runner who's kind of uninspired, definitely check out trail running. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just totally different. It's like a different sport in many ways. Mm-hmm. So not not to be overlooked if you've never done it before. Yeah, and you know, for me, I think that I mean I, I enjoy going out for road runs from time to time but if i do that two or three days in a row there's just it i'm having to force myself to go out because i know that i have to stick to a plan or i have to do something like that and just i never have that problem with the trails i never have that problem so that's just kind of um yeah what it what it does for me but i understand that's not for everybody (laughs) right yeah Yeah. the zen habs thing we gotta stop that yeah (laughs) i don't we mention it every single time but it just gets funnier every time I feel like. <laughs> so like every time I get it and like now I'm not going to say that because we say it every time and then I realize that it just it just perpetuates the joke and now you know 
Nomad Athlete Radio kind of is brought to us by Zen Habits because <laughs> whatever the ideas we're pulling from Zen yeah, Habits that, yeah, yeah. inspire all these posts. All right. So the Zen Habits hotline, you can call them. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, in the, you know how that in Seinfeld there's a Superman in every episode? Have you heard that? No. Yeah, someone told me that. I don't know what it is. But apparently there's some Superman somewhere that you can see in every episode. <laughs> so maybe once our Nomad Athlete Radio is famous, we'll... <laughs> That'll be a fun fact. There's Does Leo finish. know that? Does Leo know that he's mentioned in every episode? I, I think I told him it was a joke. Yeah, when he was on this past time, uh-huh. I told him okay. that it that it had become a joke that we mentioned him every single time. <laughs> like recently, it was a, for a while and it was a joke, and then we stopped. And recently, it's been like ten in a row. I think. Yeah, <laughs> we need to stop that. Anyway, um, okay. So so that that's what it means to us now. And then I guess the next place to go is future, and then we'll wrap up. Where do we see? ourselves going with this yeah uh that i mean that's a hard one i i sort of see i don't see any change to me being vegan and i don't i don't really see myself changing the way i eat very much like i I feel like i've kind of reached a steady state with it where it's like it works it's really fun uh it it's not not much friction like i said it's just very easy to do and and i don't have the social stuff that people worry about with with it like it's i'm used to having not that many choices when i go out to eat having moved to Asheville certainly helped us a lot and made that much easier mm-hmm. um so i i just don't see it changing and i don't have i feel like i'm, I'm happy with how i eat i don't maybe i'd like to drink a little less alcohol than i do i think alcohol and caffeine are like the two worst things in my diet still it'd be nice to limit them somewhat but i don't know compared to like the alternative of the way i could be eating and drinking and everything else i feel like i'm, I'm doing pretty well so i don't have much much uh, motivation to make any big drastic diet changes other than just fool around with experiments and try different approaches and stuff like that uh there's one we have a guest coming up named courtney carver who uh she has a neat neat project happening now that involves eating just 33 foods for three months kind of like uh, her this 33 clothes for every three months that i items of clothing i should say uh so i don't know i'm, I'm thinking about just trying stuff that i like exploring diet stuff especially as it relates to especially as it reveals like our emotional attachments to food i always find that so fascinating that i have these hidden emotional attachments to it so that that interests me and i like those things i don't really have too many goals as far as like outreach or or like the animal thing means so much to me but it's just such a personal thing like i said i don't i've never really been motivated i would love it if everybody was vegan of course that that would achieve the goals i have for the world in many ways you know like but but i don't care if if no one listens to me and you know or or no one does it it's like i i do this for me i'm happy to be an example when i am and i think that's fantastic if i can help people do it but like for whatever reason i don't have this desire to go change everybody i just i just like doing what works for me and i hope that it helps people but like you know i don't i don't have a big aspirations to to do that other than what no meat athlete does it makes me so happy that it has helped people become vegetarian vegan sure but uh it's not like i have these goals of of it of it changing the way the world eats or something yeah hmm. so that's what that's and as far as running um i'm i'm still i don't know i keep talking about a 3 hour marathon i'll probably go for another marathon just to sort of assess where i am see how far i get with one marathon how close how, you know, how far back to how close to 310 i can even get again because that's where i was when i bq'd and i'm always from there so to do one to kind of figure out where i am would be good and i think i'll probably do that before i do another 100 miler but Badwater still sort of my like dream race long term one day mm-hmm. um but i don't know it's i guess for someone who's forward thinking and goal-oriented 
right now I'm just at this period where those two things, I'm just kind of happy with them. Like I like running for, for a half hour several times a week and I like eating the way I eat and it's just sort of, I don't know. It's I feel like I'm kind of on a, at least in those areas of my life, on a break from trying to be super ambitious and right. goal oriented, which is good. I'm I'm really happy with that too. I don't I don't need to have those goals right now. Yeah, cool. And you? Where are you going with your stuff? Yeah, well, um, you know, I definitely have some goals. I you know, I think that because I didn't come to being vegetarian or vegan um, with health in mind, really, I think. I, I, I was always behind the curve on knowing all that kind of information about how being vegan affects me and affects, you know, all, you know, my, my system and all that kind of thing. And so I think I want to learn more about all that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm getting more excited about all that and learning more about nutrition. So I think that that's, a, that's kind of uh, something that I'll be focusing on in the future. Maybe a little e-Cornell certificate. Well, maybe, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, and, you know, and then as far as running goes, what's been exciting to me recently is um, thoughts of more kind of multi-day stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that I'm playing around with, with those guys that I've done some big weekend long trips with in the past um, is doing the John Muir Trail, which would take probably about a week. What What is it called? The JMT, the John Muir Trail. trail. Oh, okay. It's part of the PCT um and uh, Pacific Crest Trail. Yep. Uh, and it, at uh, you know, I don't even actually know the length, but I don't know. It's long. It would take, you know, oh, it takes most people about a month to hike it. Mm. So, okay. um, you know, it, we would take probably us eight days or so to to mm-hmm. run it, eight to ten days. Um, you just like phone in, no me nothing radio then. Yeah, I, like absolutely. I wouldn't quit working at all. We would, <laughs> we would do live live broadcast from the trail. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, you know, so something like that or the. Uh, um, the Wonderland Trail at the uh, the rim around um, Mount Rainier. Don't know where that is. Uh, in Washington State. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. I could have guessed that. Yeah. So I think that that's much shorter, like maybe three day trip. Okay. Um, so that's I cool. I think it's like. So I was thinking when you said multi day that maybe you meant races or yeah, like stage races. You know that too. Uh, yeah, that, that stuff um, is definitely exciting me and inspiring me too. What about multi day non stage race where it's just like like go... a, like a two hundred mile run. Yeah, or like see who who can get the farthest around a track in six days. Oh yeah, no. the track doesn't. Well, the track doesn't inspire me at all. Right, inspire right. me at all. There's a there's a new race, a 200 mile uh, Lake Placid, no Lake Tahoe uh, run that like runs around the around Lake Placid and it's like 200 miles and I think it takes most people 60 something hours or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I mean that could be interesting, I guess. Um, and then there's I think there's a bunch of those abroad in Europe and stuff. Speaking of loop courses. Um... What about what about Black Mountain Monster this year? Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I think if it works for my schedule, I'll definitely do it. Um, I'm still like half thinking about that. That's the that's the twelve or twenty four hour race that Matt Matt you did the twelve hour yeah, race. Did it uh, to 2013, mm-hmm. so two summers ago. Uh, yeah, around a five k or three mile loop, and not not a lot of hills, but friendly some trails, a little, little bit of mild hills. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a very like far far more than another hundred mile, like actual hundred miler, I could I could attempt that twenty four hour mm-hmm. thing. And just having been smarter, having done one hundred, if I put in six months of training before that, or five months, I guess is what I have, um, trying to get more than hundred miles in twenty four hours would be kind of neat. Yeah, 
and, and it, just seems, it just seems manageable, like without with the crew, with not needing a crew. Mm-hmm. You can set up with, a, like with the a, loops, yep. and like if it doesn't go well, you just quit. <laughs> like, yeah. like right. it, I don't know. That's not really the attitude I like to have, but when it comes to 100 and like where I am right now with 100 milers and my sort of state of mind, mm-hmm. I feel like that would that that might work out really well. So yeah. I don't know if somehow that fit into the quest to run a really strong marathon in the fall of 2015, which it, which it probably would. That'd be a decent way to kind of. Build some build base. Nice base. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about that. I really didn't. I enjoyed it. I ran a terrible race, much like my first marathon. Just went out way too fast. But uh, I'd like to try that one again. The 24 th- hour. Version. Yeah. I, th- I think I could totally get into that. I think that would be you interesting. Just like walk over from your house. Yeah. I did sign up for a, a, a loop 50K or 100K um, mm-hmm. this, this in March. The T- Thomas Jefferson 100K in Charlottesville. And I think it's like an eight mile or nine mile loop or something, so you do that. I don't know, eight times or whatever. Mm-hmm. So be same it. weekend as my vegan cruise begins, holistic holiday. That's too. right. So yep. a good time to plug that. <laughs> if you're looking for a cruise in the year 2015, <laughs> do that. And you're not running the TJ and you're not running this thing with Doug. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, then that's that's always an option. Yeah, so that's cool. But we, you know, one thing I do want to say is that after. Moving from DC and, and moving down here and committing myself to an you know, athlete and rock creek runner, um, I've really taken both running and veganism from kind of these little side things to a big part of, of where I focus all my energy all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has been super exciting. So, moving yeah. forward, I think that as I dive more into that and get um, more comfortable with that, and, and as you know, I continue to work with you and, and grow Rock Creek Runner, and I think that that'll really have a huge impact on how I view both of those as as yeah. my identity. Yeah, certainly will. I went through that same phase with No Meat Athlete, where it just and and with the Boston thing, with those two things became everything that I thought about, right? And did all the time, and yeah, and that's a great feeling. I mean, yeah, when, it's when like these passions, you know, start to spread throughout the rest of your day and your life, that, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And I think you grow a lot, and you learn very quickly about them, and you improve quickly just just because you're thinking about them all the time, right? So, good for you. Yeah, cool. All right, well, uh, this has been fun. A little different episode. I hope people have enjoyed it. You can let us know, of course, as always. And uh, again, feel free to call us in, call in any questions you have. We'll answer them on the show if they're if they're good. If we have good answers for them, nine five one no meat one. There you go. All right, talk to you all soon. All right, bye bye.